Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us a final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Then it's time to turn your pods up because we're live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of Let's Find Out. Our guest is the creator of the Association of Ishtar. He started with the series in 2018 and published his first set of books in 2021. He also brings you a comic book story about steampunk astronauts on an adventure of mystery and discovery as they unveil the secrets of an ancient space station. That's the exciting world of Journey to Elysium. We're going to be covering all this plus more. Please welcome to Let's Find Out author, creator, and master of all things steampunk, We'll start, Bokel. We'll start, my friend. Welcome to Let's Find Out. It's 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 great having you on tonight. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, greetings from the Netherlands, everyone, and uh, yeah, happy holidays. I hope you're gonna have a wonderful time with friends and family at the end of this year. This is a great gift because you're actually my first guest from the Netherlands, and uh, no, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope I won't disappoint then. No, not at all. I've been watching your videos and disappointed. It would not even be a word I would use. First of all, you know, congratulations on a very successful Kickstarter with Journey to Elysium. Stunning artwork and looks to be a great story. Thank you. My friend, before we dive into Journey to Elysium, let's get a history about the Association of Ishtar back starting in 2018. As with all great works and projects, there's always a backstory. For us who are new to your projects, what is the association of Ishtar? Uh, so there's a, a long backstory to that, a uh, matter of fact. Um, so in about 2012, I got into steampunk. Um, before that, I already did some writing in Dutch, uh, mostly fantasy, uh, fantasy science fiction. Um, and then I, uh, I kind of got into steampunk. And uh, yeah, I really wanted to explore the scene. So I started a blog called Tupperware Steampunk. And that kind of like set me on a journey to, to blog about what, what is steampunk. That, that's also what inspired the name of the original blog. But then I also wanted to do other things in the future. So I created Radio Retro Future as a YouTube channel uh, where I started blogging. And soon after that, I started making uh, a series called the Steampunk Beginner's Guide, which has been pretty successful. Uh, it's still being watched after, I think I published the first episode about seven, eight years ago now. Um, and it's still being watched. And uh, yeah, um, for that series, I also started doing a podcast simply called the Radio Retro Future Podcast, which is also on YouTube, where I talk with creators, mostly in the steampunk space, but also other related genres like pulp uh, fantasy science fiction um i hope to uh, do some on, on western as well uh, that's a uh, something i i need to explore next i talk about it in my last video and uh yeah through that network uh you know i got a lot of ideas i got a lot of input um 
And because of how my Steampunk Beginner's Guide series evolved, first it was really generally about the, the culture of Steampunk, the various aspects in which it manifests itself, that being costuming, stories, and of course aesthetics, uh, you know, then gaming, etc. And, you know, but I, I started really talking about world building and, and writing. And so I was like, well, maybe I should start writing my own, like, exemplar steampunk stories. Like, what is my vision for steampunk? And that became the Association of Ishtar, starting with a short story called S36, The Call Girl. And that laid the foundation for the whole uh, thing. And uh, I wrote, like, a couple of dozen short stories in a similar vein. Um, which are sold separately uh, as companion books to my novels. Um, but before I wrote my first novel, I showed these short stories to some publishers and said, well, we love the short stories, but because they're written in a very unique format, that being files that are compiled by the Association of Restart Cell, so it's also kind of like a role-playing game that way, they said, well, we, we cannot sell this to an audience, N not without, you know, proper associated stories. And that became the, uh, the Ranch in the Machine, um, which I cannot show you right now because my camera is not working. Um, but uh, yeah, that started to develop, uh, really started to develop into its own thing. Uh, I've got two novels now, two anthologies, which are the companion books to the novels. Um, uh, well, we've got the first issue of our new comic book series, Journey to Elysium, which I'm doing together with Johan Alexander. He's an illustrator from Indonesia. We also have a coloring book. That's how I met him. And uh, yeah, uh, my next book is coming out on January 4th on Amazon called Anwin uh, Adventures in Responsible Dull Ownership, which is now available in pre-purchase. And now I heard you earlier say this. One of the questions that I was going to ask you I'm in your world now, and you are the person asked this. I'm talking about the series of videos that you have on your YouTube channel to help educate those to learn more about what steampunk is all about. Understanding that steampunk is just more than dressing up and getting together with your friends. Honestly, I don't have a full grasp of what steam steampunk is. It feels sometimes like if I were to go to one of these conventions or were to ask to somebody, it almost feels like I'm walking in the middle of a movie. And mm -hmm. I don't know much about the subject yet, you know, and, and I'll be very honest with you about that. I know it's been around for many, many years. I'm an older guy. So how would you explain to somebody like me what steampunk is about without um maybe, I wouldn't say confusing me, but, you know, trying to get me to what it really is all about? Well, so uh, when you use the word steampunk, it, it can refer to three different things. Uh, as I said before, it can refer to the genre, it can refer to the aesthetics, and it can refer to the costume culture. Um, and in particular, the costume culture has its own set of, well, let's say traditions, um, but they're like small communities scattered all across the world of people coming together. Um, and they're, they're mostly interested in the social aspect about it. So they have like all these these meetings and it's mostly social. They What, what you'll find and what's a frustration to many creatives like myself, um, that, that first of all, steampunk is not like, well, it didn't used to be like normal cosplay, right? Uh, when I talk about cosplay, I'm talking about people dressing up like familiar characters like Spider-Man, Batman, um, other characters from movies, uh, let's say The Matrix. Um, and, and steampunk is very unique in a way that it is completely its own thing. Um, I actually started drafting a book on this 
it's more of a side project, so it doesn't really have my full attention at the moment. But uh, I call it um, steampunk uh, brass in the era of Iron Age media. And uh, for those who don't know what the Iron Age of comics is, or rather the Iron Age of creators, is this idea that uh, we're currently living in an era of self-publishing, kind of like you had the Silver Age of Comics, the Golden Age of Comics, and now we have the Iron Age, which is mostly all these self-published authors, uh, many of whom outperform like established brands like Marvel and DC. Now, that's not a high bar at the moment, but still, that was unthinkable 30 years ago. Um, and I think steampunk, uh, my thesis is that, that steampunk falls into that same vein, this, this self-created grassroots movement in, in pop culture that is heavily inspired by, uh, well, the romantic futurist of the 19th century, H.G. Uh, Wells, Jules Verne, uh, the pulp stories in, in some regards, but also modern pop culture. If I would have to describe the steampunk aesthetic in particular, it's a melange of... History with modern pop culture tropes. So you have Iron Man, but his entire outfit is based on 19th century technology. And the same goes for Batman and all these versions you can find. Um, you know, there are 19th century versions of Star Wars characters. So for me, the relationship between... The, in, in a way, steampunks are really the, the antiquarians of, of pop culture, as they also love to, at least are the writers, the, create, the, the creatives love to refer to like archaic pop culture icons and uh, obscure histories that, well, used to be a very common thing in the 19th century, but are forgotten now, like electric cars. You know, uh, everyone thinks that electric cars are something of the last 30 years, but no, the first cars were all electric. Um, just to name a few things. So yeah, it's um, in, in, yeah. There, there, there are so many ways in, in which steampunk can be expressed. You know, it can be done through taxidermy or paintings or you know making strange vehicles. Um, I used to be part of the costume community, not so much anymore. Uh, I do have costumes. Many of the characters in the books are actually inspired by costumes that we've created. Yeah, does does that clarify? some things thank you that's very helpful which um brings me to one of the reasons why we are here with, with the project of journey to elysium you had a long process of uh starting a kickstarter how did you start that and when i asked you how did you start that what is the uh what's been the uh, most challenging part about a kickstarter uh finding your audience a promotion mostly you know um like i did some extra schooling and like how do you do kickstarters what what is the essential parts for kickstarter but really finding your audience like it's, it's one thing to have the best kickstarter page you could possibly make but then it's like okay how do you get people to find it and support it um and there, there are many other challenges but you know uh, before any of those matter you have to find your audience that's uh, one of the, the major things. That's one of the most time-consuming things, and that's probably what broke my back um, <laughs> that I'm struggling with right now, uh, is that desire to... And, yeah, you, you also be, have to able to uh, deal with the disappointments because, you know, um, we had a, a lot of people dropping off, uh, a lot of backers uh, retracting their pledges, and, you know, when you see that happens, like, well, why, why, why did they retract their pledges, you know? Um, did I say something wrong or whatever? So that that's some of the, something that was uh, very disappointing uh, to see happen this time around. 
um, maybe November was not the best time to do it because, you know, uh, especially with Black Friday and stuff like that. But the marketing is definitely the, the most complicated thing. And well, what people do not understand about Kickstarter is it's not just a page uh, that you put up and people flock to it. You, you see pages like that where people think, oh, I'm just going to put up a Kickstarter page and then people give me money. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really growing that audience. It's really the same thing. I'll, I'll, the, the thing about Kickstarter, it's, it's really like, how do I sell myself? It's really just a, a, a storefront, and you know how do you draw people to that storefront? And that's that's the biggest uh, biggest challenge. Because I noticed you uh, do not only through social media, but you've also been using the YouTube channel to record these amazing videos. Um, what are the inspirations behind some of these videos? Because they're very well done. I mean, you're um, you're out there, you're you're living the life of the person that you are out there on the camera as. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, the first videos. Well, it goes back to my time at, at Tupperware Steampunk, where I wanted to do interviews with people, but I didn't want it to be like typical interviews. I actually wanted like to interview their steam sonas, as it were. Um, so I created this this character called Dankert Lexicon, um, who basically started like interviewing these people, but I had no character for him. So through the interviews and the stories that I wrote behind him, like how did he meet these people? He became kind of like this burglar slash hacker, uh, breaking into people's places, uh, going into places where he shouldn't go. Um, and the interesting thing with uh, Dankert Lexicon is that, um, you know, I I I, ha I started having a costume for him. I started having like specialized props for him that would help me uh, during conventions, making recordings, interviewing people live on air, uh, so to speak. Uh, and now he's actually a character uh, in Bound for the Sticks, which is the second novel. We have a video called uh, "Welcome to Our Ecology," which is the city uh, that I created for him. Uh, and now that's one of the 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 reader's favorite locations in my uh, in my multiverse in the association of Ishtar. But yeah, when I made the move to YouTube, uh, I already had the costumes, I had to look. So I started using Dankert Lexicon as this very pedantic, kind of self-important uh, mastermind, you know, explaining to the plebs what steampunk is. And myself, Bonsford Bogle, was is kind of like his flunky in the background uh, doing his editing and then commenting on his stuff. Uh, later on, I also started adding uh, another character called Fritz Gerald H. Bendelsmith, uh, a name created by people in my community uh, who is more on the lore side of things. He does more lore-related stuff, and I use his voice currently to explain um, the, the stories behind my world. It's a new series that I call The World of Atlas. Uh, he also has his own costume. A funny thing, it was actually supposed to be a new costume for Dank and Lexicon. It was too... Um, too mercenary like, uh, so that's how uh, how Fritz Gerald came to be, and yeah, so I really integrated. That's how I integrated all my costumes and, and characters into the stories. Now, going back to when we when I first introduced you on the show, you started doing some of these things back in 2018, and then you published your first set of books in 2021. Did you imagine yourself having this far of a reach? As far as these projects just keep going, moving forward, you know, with the videos, new series, did you ever imagine it would blow up like this? Well, it's, I mean, blown up. I mean, um, I have yet to sell more choice of words, but I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. But 
uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's something that I work on, but you know, so far people keep coming back for the new books. Uh, people who supported uh, previous Kickstarters have returned for the latest Kickstarter. So um, I, I'm doing something right. You know, it's, it's it's great to go to a convention and then you return and then you meet people you met previously and they buy all your books right away. So there's there's definitely a, a growing audience there. And I, it's it's going to take a lot of patience to to get where we are. But we are also working on a role-playing game. So who knows what will happen if that launches. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, when I started with the Kickstarter... Like I said, I, I'm not a, a great promoter. I'm not a very optimistic person. So when I reached like 2,000 subscribers at some point, I was like, wow, I wasn't sure I would ever make that number. Uh, but, you know, I, I kept going at it. We're nearly at the five, uh, 550, 100 subscribers now. Um, and then those numbers keep going up um, and faster. So we'll see where it goes um you know i'm, I'm still kind of waiting for the, for the for the breakthrough moment where i actually start reaching like the big audiences um you know and then people start buying uh, my books en mass. that's kind of like what i'm working toward and i have a lot to learn in regards to marketing about that that's yeah that's where where you keep going back at is, is marketing and getting your your voice out there yeah, oh, I completely understand. I have the same challenges as far as with this show as well, as far as marketing, because we are pretty much a one man band. You take care of everything. But if it's not um the recordings, the editing, the writing, all these things, sometimes there are certain things you will neglect, not because you do it on purpose, but because it's one of those things that maybe you'll have to um grow as you mm -hmm. go through the process. So speaking about a process, as you mentioned earlier that you um you connected with somebody from in uh you say Indonesia as far as artwork is concerned. Yeah. So how's that process like to when you're writing a book and you're trying to give somebody the vision of your characters, how they should dress, how they should look, the machines, the cities, how does that collaboration go? Uh, well, uh, Johan Alexander um, was uh, with the project from uh, from the first moment onward. Um, and we have very similar interests in that regard, very similar vision. So it's uh, yeah, I'm very proud to have met him. And you know, the, the wonderful thing about him is that so many illustrators, you know, they make some work for you, and then they they never uh, respond to your messages ever again. That's, I'd say, about 90% of, of illustrators that I've worked with. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, uh, that's the, the, the reality of it. Um, finding hardworking illustrators is, is very difficult. Um, and uh, Johan is, is just a workhorse. You know, he keeps on producing for himself, uh, for me. Um, you know, he did all the illustrations for Enwin. Uh, I gave him a lot of free freedom uh, for Enwin. Um, but uh, I, I also make a lot of sketches. Uh, currently, we're working on the Casket Girls, which is uh, uh, more of a military side story uh, set in the same universe. And I made the concepts for the robots. So he had like a clear image of what I wanted and how I wanted them. You know, and like I said, sometimes uh, I give him a lot of freedom and like, oh, wow, this looks amazing. Don't change anything. Other times we go like back and forth, like, oh, no, I want this pose. I want this change. Like we're doing that for the cover of the Casket Girls right now. Um, you know, it's it's uh, for many artists, I make like complete 
Excel sheets with uh, all this information, reference material, uh, historical references, um, you know, and uh, it's it's crazy the kind of the details that you're like, oh, we should include that um, in there as well. Um, and that is what I, uh, for my first Kickstarter was a coloring book. And one of the rules that I have for that coloring book was that everything needed to look 90% historical and 10% futuristic. That's pretty much the golden rule for, for most of the, the series. So that's why everything looks that consistent. And yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, sometimes it's a lot of big going forth. But, you know, like I said, Johan is a real workhorse. So sometimes I give him a like again. And when uh, wonderful, cute illustrations, ideal for the dark era of, uh, of the year, if you want to, you know, if you're having a bad time, go read and when uh, the images alone will put a smile on your face. And yeah, so it's it's kind of it kind of differs per project how we work. What I also done uh, here, I have the anthologies. Uh, this is the Arcology Companion, which is the companion to Bound for the Sticks and Three Hundred Twenty One Notebook, which is the companion of uh, the Range in the Machine. Um, and these are completely in color; they actually look like files. Um, but you know, I also love sketch work, so. You know, just just uh, the, the the plain line art. So what we've done is, you know, uh, I just asked people in uh, our community, hey, would you like to have like a crude drawing made by you of your uh, of whatever your your vision of the world? And uh, they're included as kind of like sketches made by the associates inside the files. So that's uh, some ways of, of of doing it. No, and I'm looking at, and I know the listeners of the of Let's Find Out can't see because we do audio. But some mm. of the beautiful artwork that you're showing us or showing me here, if you were to go back, I don't know when you first started writing these books and having these ideas. And I know it's one of those things where a lot of people know what my source material is or people who have influenced my work is. You may have mentioned it a few before what we're talking about. Um, who are some of the go to people or books that you've written in the past that you is still in your mind? The little seed that influences what you do. Uh, one of the wonderful things about steampunk uh, is that what it excels at compared to other genres is trope stacking. Um, it's a genre that lends itself well to combining various genres and works. So I um, much of my character work is inspired by westerns. Um, I think that western is an essential genre to 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 to, the, to understanding steampunk uh, characters. God, in the range of the machine, there are a lot of references to Ghost in the Shell. I mean, the title itself is a reference to Ghost in the Shell. So, the, my definition for the steampunk genre is cyberpunk in the past, by the way, and that I kind of dialed that to eleven uh, in this book. Um, and one of the things that I also wanted to achieve with the range in the machine that kind of started as a kind of like um, uh, with my parents, I used to watch like uh, uh, British uh, police procedurals, like A Touch of Frost. Uh, Inspector Morris. So what I kind of wanted to have is like it started out as uh, kind of like a, a murder mystery in the um, in, in that vein, and then it just like developed into insanity, uh, essentially where where things went all the way over the top. So and uh, I, I think the Range of the Machine in that regard uh, was successful. Um, but yeah, a lot of people uh, call the Range of the Machine Love Holmesian. Because it has like both elements of Sherlock Holmes and uh, Lovecraft, so 
uh, I thought that was fun. That's uh, even though the the it's not really cosmic horror, although the, the, definitely uh, the writing um, is very focused on 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 keeping the reader uh, guessing to what's going to happen next. Really hold on to that mist that feel of mystery and exploration. So I guess that's that's how people came to call it Love Holmesian. So yeah, the the, the I, I have a very specific way of world building i don't know if that's inspired by i'm dyslectic so i'm not much of a reader i uh, i depend on audiobooks and, and and film adaptations for most of my work uh i'm also a very visual person that's why my books have that many illustrations to begin with um so yeah i i don't really have one particular inspiration it's it's really a lot of me analyzing genres, how our stories written, how our characters written, um, like what makes them tick, and then how do they relate to my work. Uh, the same goes for for how I build my sentence structures. For that is, you know, for me the secret to world building is how you construct your sentences, and not how you design a world. No, I mean, in everything you said right now, I mean, it seems to be working for you, obviously, because look at what you're doing right now, and it's interesting. When I read certain types of books or genres of books, and I'll ask this question, it'll be a weird question. Sometimes I like to think what kind of soundtrack I would have to these mm. stories. So if, if from all your collective works right now, let's talk about Journey into Elysium. What kind of soundtrack do you think you could put to that story? Oh, dear. Uh, well, uh, fortunately, I uh, have the honor of uh, meeting Marco Ilianello. He's a former musician in a steampunk belt called Clockwork uh, Opera. Um, he's currently a very successful uh, musician making soundtracks for various things. And, uh, yeah, he uh, made some uh, tracks for me, which is the Arcology soundtrack, which um, is in uh, the Arcology video. Uh, it's a bit more... Uh, orchestral bombastic it also really depends on this on the, on the setting and, and the topic um you know i i love the kind of like dark western inspired stuff for certain things for certain adventures yeah it's 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 like because of the because of the, the how i Right, like every story is has inspirations from different genres. Again, like the Wrench in the Machine is very much inspired by like cyberpunk. Uh, so I guess something akin to the track of uh, Peaky Blinders um, that makes sense to me, I suppose. But yeah, I wish I could answer that question because I I really want to uh, commission music for the series, but I I, I struggle with that, but question myself um oh so no i'm sorry i didn't mean to put you on the spot but you know it's one of those things yeah. i guess it's one of those things like if i'm reading something mm -hmm. or if i'm reading anything i have to think what would be playing there like if i'm in an 80s setting would i play you know man without hats or would i play um thompson twins or would i play um a rock band you know it's one of those things that yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, now, for Journey to Elysium, I wouldn't know uh, for the first few issues. I, I, I guess something uh, a bit more epic, something uh, of a musical uh, or a movie soundtrack, something like that. And uh, for uh, the later issues that take place inside the Elysium structure, it would be, I guess, a bit more tribal. Uh, maybe Are you familiar with The Who? Uh, this is Mongolian-inspired metal band. 
something like that. No. Yeah, yeah go go look them up. The, uh, I think they're called the Who, and they uh, they do a metal with uh, throat singing. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a metalhead, but you know that one escaped me. I will definitely take a look at that tonight, and um, and I want to see a few things here. But before before I say that, uh, for the listeners of Let's Find Out, I can tell you a little more about your works because I know associationofishtar.com, but you also have a lot of other things too. If you could run by that, where can they buy their copy of Journey to Elysium? Um, well, Journey to Elysium, they can either order it through my own web store, which is uh, bonsert at gumroad.com. Uh, uh, link is uh, on our website. Um, and you can find my books on most websites as ebooks, uh, paperbacks, mostly on Amazon. Um, and uh, I think I published some of them through uh, Draft to Digital as well, so they might appear on other websites as well. So uh, Amazon is probably the easiest way to find me, um, but I would prefer if people go to uh, my Gumroad store, which is linked on uh, associationofhistory.com. Excellent. And one of the things I was going to say before I asked you where to find the, uh, be able to download or order the physical copies of your books. I've been watching your videos here the last few days, and I'm going to say this, and I find them extremely entertaining, Thanks. and I really respect the hell out of you, what you do to at least show people to learn more about what it is that you do and about steampunk. And I kind of felt a little bit better by the interview as far as when I was having you on, because I didn't want to ask you really 100,000 questions. You always get asked the same thing, but you know, I really appreciate the educational value of the videos, if I could say that. Well, I'm an educator at heart, so that's that's. And I uh, recently made a video where I respond to uh, a YouTuber called the Library Ladder, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his channel is called, uh, where he uh, kind of like uh, has a, 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 which is funny, like he had this 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 bibliophile approach to the steampunk genre, so that's like this overview of. Uh, you know, from the romantic futurist to the so-called proto-steampunks like Michael Moorcock and, and contemporary steampunk. So it was it was fun to respond to that uh, from a creative's point of view. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And um, I try to, you know, keep things practical and not like with, uh, for example, most of BookTube, as it's called, where they say, well, you got to use show, don't tell. It's like, okay, well, how do you do show, don't tell? Because when I read uh, people who watch videos like that, they have no clue what it is or how it works. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like a, a point of frustration for me. So I try to find a way. Okay, like, how do I explain this to people? And, you know, it's not the kind of content that, that people are looking for on YouTube. Because like you said, people want to be edutained they want to be educated and entertained at the same time uh yeah and for something like show don't tell that that's hard um because show don't tell is a, takes a lot of effort to do properly um and like i said it, for me it's also a lot of in the sentence structure so it really turns into a school lesson so what i want to do uh people can support me on, on places like patreon but also uh, on a new website called Rain Stories, there they get weekly free stories if they become a follower there for free, uh, and they can also uh, become a member. And you know, uh, what those funds are used for is mostly to pay my illustrators. So <laughs> it's uh, it's not really even for me. I'm I'm making other people's money uh, that way. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, very happy I discovered the platform. I had the uh, creator of that website on it as well. Uh, I just uh, sent you the link to it, by the way. Um, Michael Evans, 
who's uh, also uh, well, he's uh, actually a, a, a pretty well published. He's one of those guys that managed to like publish like a new book a month. So yeah, I'm not there yet. People think I'm very prolific, but uh, not that prolific yet. Oh, and don't undersell yourself. You're doing a great job, my friend. And for those that want the immediate factor, they want to get a hold of you and find you through social medias. Well, I know you have an Instagram, you have Facebook, you have the Twitter X. Yeah, we have uh, a Discord as well for people who want to join our community. Uh, I really hope to get started on uh, doing mighting sprints. Uh, so I can also, like, people can also ask questions directly, uh, get feedback on their stuff, and I also turn out ideas for the association of Ishtar as well. Um, we have this, uh, I have this strategy um, for a submission procedure, which is two step. The first step is like write a 150 word story. This is a great world building exercise. Like how do I, in, how do I pitch my idea to readers? Like this is the kind of stuff that you're going to do if, if I get to finish my short story. Um, and again, we can also implement all these ideas in our role-playing game. So that's uh, the, the goal of the 150-word thing. And it's also one minute of text for a, a YouTube short. So that's another uh, reason why I want to do that. Um, and yeah, once uh, I see that, and uh, then they can like write the full story or let somebody else write the full story. Um, so Amazing stuff, my friend. And if you don't mind... I know we're closing up 2023, 2024. It's coming soon. Mm -hmm. I know you have a lot of things coming out. Would you mind coming on back to Let's Find Out? And we're going to discuss some more about what it is that you're doing. No, no problem. Love to. Thank you, my friend. This has been another excellent episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Please check us out on all our social media pages, as well as our YouTube. And we're also on Rumble. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.